I'm so emotional. Where's my Kleenex? Welcome back to Dying for Midnight, Episode 7, which we named Cynical in South Korea. We are one part excited to talk about one of our newer favorite zombie flicks, Train to Busan, um, but also, Carrie, one part sad, given how emotional this movie is. We had so much fun watching this the first go-around a couple years back, but uh, on second watch, we felt so much more emotional weight from this film. Yeah, I, I think it was, you know, the end of the week for us. And I think, you know, given kids growing up and stuff, that definitely had so much more weight to it. You're right. The kids were teeny tiny. And I think we were probably just so happy to have time to be able to watch a movie. Now that they're getting older, we've got more time for this. So we probably were more zoned in than the last yeah. time that we watched it. Not zombified <laughs> ourselves. Yeah, for sure. Yes, while zombie films and especially zombie shows often tend to have um, social messaging of their time or they continually, excuse me, they're continually heavy on drama and interpersonal dynamics. And you all know which one I'm talking about, The Walking Dead, which Carrie and I, we loved it. We still love it. Mm -hmm. but that love has changed and grown over time. I'm talking about our relationship with the fucking dead. <laughs> Not our relationship, just the Our, our relationship love for the walking dead is hinged on the walking dead. <laughs> no, um, I still say season three is my favorite with the governor, but um, getting off track now, as always, um, you could argue that, Train to Passan's message becomes stronger. Um, I'd say even more relevant today as we move through the 2020s. <laughs> and I'm thinking of those 2020 memes, um, the dumpster fire. But um, we're going to have a positive episode today. There's a yes. social, <laughs> there's a social cultural change, a mega change, um, an upheaval of sorts uh, that's happening in the work world. Um, you yeah. know, in my professional life, I'm a recruiter, so I see it firsthand. But um, what what was important or what is important, what will become more important um, as people prioritize their work-life balance or that old phrase of, of working to live versus living to work, that has never been as hot of a topic as it is right now. Well, and the whole telecommuting thing telecommuting i mean you and i have been fortunate enough that we've been telecommuting since about 2000 somewhere between 2006 and 2010 yeah basically we, we've done it for a while we we did the hybrid for a while and now we're both fully remote and um i might be old school saying this i do miss you know i've missed going to getting up and going out to an office place but i i have to say it has afforded us um, to have more quality time, more flexibility, more flexibility. Um, it's just the way of things now. It's the way the world's going. And, um, the, this message in, in train to Busan, I think it resonates more now than even whenever it came out. It does it, for sure. I mean, you, you have, you have the children dynamic aspect where the child is seeking 
the father's, you know, emotional yeah. love. And he's so busy with work that he doesn't stop to smell and and have that relationship with her while he can. Yeah. The 70s and 80s zombie flicks are the Romero type. Um, you horror hounds know what that's all about. That, that film, especially Dawn touched on mass consumerism and capitalism and the bleakness of society. Once that consumerism starts to either fall apart um, or continues in a perverted, odd way um, as society breaks down from whatever fictional apocalyptic scenario um, we know uh, you and I were, we didn't have the kids yet. Even the walking dead 13 years ago already Wow! reignited the zombie genre. Um, 13 years and four spinoffs later. Um, but when we started watching the, the walking dead, we enjoyed it, but we didn't get hooked on it right away. Yeah. I remember we bought, we had our main living. This is how much things have changed. Even since then we had our main living room television in our townhouse, um, our first house. And, uh, then we were like, Oh yeah. I remember we kind of like got our first, raises and we were like you know, big spending on that 40 inch tv in our bedroom <laughs> that was that was a huge deal it was i mean now you can go on amazon anyways we we all know you can get you can get tvs for so cheap comparison to what they used to be the good old 50 inch plasma that was a behemoth <sighs> that was i still say that had the best picture it did so it was heavy though now we're sounding like old fogies so um yeah and, and everybody listening you know what zombie movies have they ever really ever been about the zombies? I mean, that, that'll always be a debate and probably always needs to be a mix of answering the question of which is more dangerous, the it, zombie or the people. I think it's a, it's a part of a focus. Uh, it has that conflict. Yep. You have to have conflict in a zombie movie. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, really, what are you going to prioritize in your everyday life? Um, who are you going to prioritize and what happens to people when things get, you know, shit gets real. And I mean, how are you going to respond? I mean, train to Basan arguably hits at the center of your psyche. You know, would you be the hero? Would you be the protector? What are you willing to sacrifice for <coughs> others? Are you willing to sacrifice? You and I have had conversations like what if scenario conversations oh yeah and um i, I probably I've, would go dark real fast I, i've come away <laughs> from those conversations um feeling much better at our chances of survival thanks to your rage <laughs> uh i i've gotta say though i i think we would be morally gray when it comes to our kids oh yeah there's not too much i would do or would not do to protect them. You don't mess with mama bear. <laughs> You're going to step on somebody's neck. Yeah. If that means that you and your loved ones survive, probably when the stakes are down, when you're in a real jackpot, like in drain to Busan. Um, yeah. What, at what point do you make the instinctual 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 <sighs> choices? Yes. The instinctual choices that are always black and white. What's that line? What's your red line? Yeah. How far are you going to go? Um, train to Busan is almost guaranteed to make you examine, at least in that moment, what's important to you above all else. 
And sometimes it takes trials and tribulations for you to really understand how you would react to this. Yeah. What, what is that? What have you gone through in life? How has life shaped you in the choices that you make or would make? Imagine making those choices. Everybody's going to make their choices differently based off of your life experiences. Yeah. I, I know I'm being redundant, but you make a really good point. And I'm like walking through that in my head, like thinking about, how would we handle a zombie apocalypse before we had kids? Like if it happened before we had kids versus after we had kids. And um, we would probably have to latch on to other people more before we had kids. Right. Now that we've had kids, I'm like, no, oh, no we've, way. we've got our core four. I'm yeah. still, see, the scream is still eking into my brain, the core four. Oh, no. I, I would. You're not getting my kids. So um, let's talk. Let's move on to the actual comfy horror review comfy i love saying comfy um hey the grandparents are in for us we had a very comfy saint patty's day weekend especially yesterday saturday sans the kids um what's been your favorite part of this weekend carrie what made this a comfy weekend for you i got to sleep in (laughs) without (laughs) sort of sort of the dog wanted to pounce you (laughs) And I let her. (laughs) And I still slept after that. (laughs) You did. I enjoyed my coffee in peace this morning. Um, You know, late winter, early spring, you need to make up your mind what season you want to be because we've had 65 to 45 to 55 and back down again. And it is wrecking my throat, my sinuses. But anyways... um, Yeah, I enjoyed the fact that we went out to, we were going to do three breweries, but then we lost energy and decided to just stick to one closer to town. Yeah, we did two and um, had, uh, what what did you, you have your nachos every time we go there. I I can't, yeah, I love nachos. Nachos, the, well, the the beef brisket nachos, Mm -hmm. right? And I ended up, I haven't, I'm not from Philly, but I will say that our local brewery did make a pretty good Philly cheesesteak. I'm sure it's not authentic. Okay. But I enjoyed it a lot. And then, uh, what do we have? We had, oh, we went to the other brewery, which had Belgian beers, which hardly anybody oh, makes Belgian beers, at I least around Belgian us. Beers. And then uh, we had, what was that? A maple glaze box. It had like cheeses and apples and it was stuff to dip into this balsamic with glaze. Balsamic glaze yeah. yeah. And apple slices <laughs> and cheese. Um, we're going to have to start. I think doing some taste testing while we're doing these episodes and <laughs> munch into everybody's ears. No, no. Um, let's move on to the cast and creators of the awesome train to Busan. Okay. And I forgive everybody in it or everybody, please forgive me. I should say us for, in advance. for us in advance. Let the record show that Carrie cowered away from saying all these names. And now I'm going to have to take the baseball bat. <laughs> I'm going to have to take the Negan bat for mispronouncing all these lovely people's names. So we've got Gong Yu as Suk Wu. And Carrie, if you think there's a better way to pronounce it uh, or the right yeah. way, and I've butchered it, please let me know. I will. Um, our main guy, the separated fund manager, whose better half has had enough of him because of his 24-7 workaholic unabout unbalanced unbalanced approach to his life and more importantly is separated from him because he has deprioritized her and their daughter in favor of career advancement and money yet for some reason he still has the daughter full-time which is mm, interesting was it full-time or was it just his turn no it's okay full-time. well 
and I'm sure I'm misremembering. So, <coughs> pardon me. Kim Suan, daughter of Sukwu, who would rather be spending time with her parent who cares for her, her mom, and Busan for her birthday. Mei Dong Suk as Yun Sung Hwa, husband of Sung Kyung. Jung Yu Mi as Sung Kyung, Sung Hya's pregnant wife. Um, Choi Woo Shik as Min Yong Guk, a high school baseball player. So he as Kim Jin Hee, Yong Guk's girlfriend. Kim Oi Sung as Yun Suk, a son of a bitch, cold hearted, um, to cold blooded business executive. That guy. Ugh, he, you want to tie this? He <coughs> emotes. There's nobody on this earth that emotes rotten son of a bitch all over his face better than that guy. It actually makes you really despise uh, if his the, character. If there was a 3D of training to Busan, I would like for him to be in 3D in front of my face so I could punch at the, his <laughs> face in the air. <laughs> Sorry, that was really... That- Clunky that was thought, violent. But yeah, I just, but no, he did such an excellent job. Yeah, he makes he did. you. That's how you should feel about his character. You son of a bitch. He's probably a really nice guy <laughs> in real life. Isn't that all, how it always works? Like the the <laughs> asshole character is actually like probably like the nicest dude on earth. I, I know that's what they always say um, about the Christopher Lees of the world and and whatnot. Just couldn't be any sweeter. But anyways, um, I loved, and I and. If you haven't watched it, um, you'll you'll understand um, these characters as you watch them. But I, I love Choi Gui Hua as as the homeless man, and I know in the recesses of my stupid forty year old brain, I have watched that guy and other things. And I, we admittedly have not dived into South Korean horror enough, folks. But after rewatching Train of Bazan, we are really excited to um, Jang Hyuk Jin as. Ki Chul, a train attendant. Park Myung Sin as Jong Gil, In Gil's younger sister. Yi Su Jung as In Jil, the older sister of Jong Gil. Um, and I could go on and on. I, I'm starting to get into yeah. the nitty gritty of the background, but I will say. Um, I, I think we have to mention, though, Shim Yoon Kyung as the runaway girl. Yes. Um, did I say Jang Hyuk Jin as Ki Chul, the train attendant? Yeah, I think I yes, did. Yes, I think you did. So anyways, guys, IMDB, these guys, Google them. They're um, all amazing actors. Check out their filmography. And we're going to touch more on that that thought later because this is not just a good zombie movie. This is a great movie in general, regardless of genre. Um, <coughs> pardon me, poster and tagline. So there's like three or two and a half taglines here. First of all, let's talk about the poster. It epitomizes the movie. It's a microcosm. You've got our six main characters with the father and the and the daughter. And my kind of gut reaction of looking at this again is that she is looking back at the destruction of the life that they once had, but he is looking forward and what can make what can I do to make this right for her moving forward? The, it's survival. It's survival. And it's survival and chaos. Survival and chaos and just trauma. Trauma and father 
a father's love for his daughter, for his kid, um, and definitely transformation for him. And he goes through the apocalypse to transform. So the taglines, life or death, survival begins. Escape from the zombies, get on board to stay alive, or just get, get on board to stay alive. alive. Um, and you know what I'm thinking? Get on board to stay alive. Like, hey, dad, get on board with giving a shit about yeah. your kid's life. I, I almost read it that way now yeah. that I'm like looking at this again. There's so many meanings there. Yeah. Get on board to stay alive. Like, you're not alive if you're not taking quality time with your loved ones. Spending time. So, and meanwhile, the creators were like, no, you're reading too much into it. <laughs> it's just a zombie poster. <laughs> not really, though. You stupid Americans. <laughs> um, you're reading too much into it. Nah, I. You can't help but after you watch it, look at the the dialogue and the poster and everything associated with this movie and not come away like, I would like to be a fly on the wall in those meetings when the choices were made because I'm sure they had all these familial relationship talks about how they were going to market this thing. Um, <coughs> I'm going to move on now to favorite character that isn't the lead. I mean, we love all the characters in yeah. this movie. Um Again, I, I mentioned him, I highlighted him a bit earlier. Um, Choi Guihua as the homeless man. Um, he is the compass of the entire socioeconomic, cynical message of this entire movie. Um, he's almost the narrator of sorts for me in this movie. And, and not verbally, because he, he barely speaks, if at all, in this movie, correct? Yeah. And But the things that he does for people that are in a better position than him, that's why I'm calling him the compass of this movie. Because when things were boiled down, the person who had the least was in the thick of it with everybody else. And... Um, was trying to save by others. Mid- was trying to save others and by middle to end of that movie people <laughs> that all of that stuff is stripped away it won't matter you know they say you can't take it with you if if some if the zombie apocalypse or world war three or whatever that scenario is it won't matter that you were the best fund manager on earth it won't matter what you did um all of that is stripped away and you're down to humanity and survival and what's really going to matter and memories <coughs> and memories. And, um, Oh, what an ending. Well, what we'll get ending. to, we'll get to yeah, that. Cause you just said memories yeah. and that immediately I go to the end. So thank you for saying that. Cause I have forgotten that's such a powerful ending. Um, Carrie, who's your favorite character that is in the lead? So my favorite character was <coughs> Jung Yumi as Zong Kyung. Sang Wa's pregnant wife. And again, I'm sorry if I mispronounced all of that. <laughs> but uh, it's her, all it's all out of love. It's all. Yeah. Her willingness to protect not only herself and her unborn child, but Sue Ann. I mean, she really takes the helm. I mean, she doesn't know Sue Ann. She just grabs her and just tries to protect her you know and she's not even mom yet that 
that's really an amazing feat. You know, not everybody would think like that. Uh, I don't know many pregnant women that would do that, you know, especially for the first time. When you're pregnant for the first time, you really have no clue what you're going to do or what you're going to. But that just shows that character development. Yeah, even though she's not a mom yet, you know, she has that motherly she instinct. She starts seeing things differently. Um, well, and we, we watched that, uh, that Irish folk horror or kind of horror light actually wasn't much of a horror movie, but it was like horror adjacent. It was horror at the end. Yeah. But, um, that it was funny to see the couple in that unwanted movie. Unwelcome. Unwanted. Did I say unwanted? Yep. Unwelcomed. Forgive me, Lord. Um, unwelcomed movie where they were like, you know, the dual income, no kids and, you know what they were all about and then the moment that she found out she was pregnant and you could just see her transformation throughout the movie anyways but yeah again when you're down to survival what is that what's deep within your soul how are you going to act and react um in certain situations so what's um, at your core yeah what is at your core well do you, can we even sit here when we're not under duress and really say what's at our core again? There's a lot of dialogue in a lot of these zombie or apocalyptic movies about who are you really going to be when you're pushed mm. to that life or death decision. And some of it could be down to, it doesn't necessarily mean they're a bad person or you're a bad person, but if it's between me and you, it's going to be you every time. Yeah. Oh, Ooh, this could take a really it dark could, turn it, here. It could, it, it could. Um, <coughs> it, I think it's a matter of how bad do you want to survive? Like what that doesn't make you a bad person because at this point, if you're still surviving, the animal instincts start the, kicking yeah. in. We're not just talking about, yeah, you're kind of not, you do. I'm thinking of Rick Grimes and, and you know, losing your humanity. Oh my gosh. So, um, Let's move on to favorite deaths and effects. <coughs> My favorite, spoiler alert, guys. Um, and if you know us, most of our episodes are spoiler filled. Um, I'm going with with Madon Suk as as Yun Sung Hwa, the husband of um, Song Kyung, um, the hero really from the get go. I mean, there's a lot of heroes in this movie. Some start off as heroes right away. <coughs> Excuse me. Others that it takes time for them to finally again get on board um the the model would be father sacrifices himself so that his wife Sukwu and Suan can continue on that's a really powerful moment that he's he's being like a superhero and like holding back all the zombies so that not just his pregnant wife but all the others and what does it say that they wrote that character to embody the heroic choice? Because there's all those other single guys that didn't have anybody and talk about selfishness. Mm -hmm. Nobody else. Matter of fact, they were trying to lock them out of the car and yeah. keep them away from them and tie off the doors Oof. and everything. And, and that backfires. Um, <coughs> oh, spectacularly yes. and very satisfyingly it backfires. So um, my, yeah. my favorite was 
Soo-hee as Kim Jun-hee, Jungkook's girlfriend, uh, the girlfriend of the baseball player. She gets thrown at a zombie by the vile businessman. And she gets bit and turned very quickly. And the baseball player is so upset and can't imagine life without her that he just holds her as she turns. And then when she turns, she immediately violently just rips at him. I would think at that moment, he's looking around. His whole baseball team was decimated. He's he, got he he's figures, got nobody at this point. His family's dead. Friends are gone. His woman's gone. Um, that was a pretty bleak moment. So he was just like, "Yep, I'm done too." Yeah, he he gave up. He didn't want to. There was nothing for him to live for at that point. Um, Carrie, talk about the ending a little bit. Um, and again, spoilers, guys. Um, when our um when we're at the end and they're on, they have, first of all, there's a, there is a, when they get to the station, there's a, a train wreck. There's wreckage that's blocking them. They can't continue and they have to board another train, but there's wreckage everywhere at the one station. And they're trying, the conductor is trying to find a working train that doesn't have any infected on which is another whole topic to go on i mean you want to talk about guy trying to be a hero i mean he's trying to do the right thing and get people to a safe place uh i mean he could have just bailed and just gone on himself when you think about it he didn't have to wait for others he could have just laughed and i i wish i actually wish he would have survived along with the the the, the wife and the uh, the pregnant wife and the daughter at the end. Yeah, one guy surviving would have been nice. It would have been. Um, but then you have that whole like relationship where oh, you know, the women are going to survive and wind up leaning on each other and bonding with each other. You're going to have that bond. I must wish at the end, whenever they make it through the tunnel. I actually wish that there would have been one male officer and then the sniper would have been female. That would have been a good representation, yeah. Because, what would well, that... well, representing um, that instinct right. is why I wish that the sniper was female. Because she would have gotten the orders like, hey, take him out. And then she would have noticed them singing. And just in that moment, she's like, just decides to defy her orders because she knows um, that they're survivors. And given the current situation, they're gonna they're gonna need female survivors, not just all the dudes in the army. Um, but they're they're going to need that. That represents to me. Forget forget about the fictional female sniper. That represents to me life going on. Um, and not just that, but one of the things that her father tells her when they're in the car on the way to the train, he tells her, has a conversation with her about, you have to finish what you start. You can't start something and let it go unfinished. Hmm. 
And then her singing in the tunnel, that song, she actually finishes that song. Oh, you know what? I didn't look at it that way at all. Oh, yeah. I picked up on that right away. Um, So let's move on to favorite quotes. Um, mine was between the two dads. Um, and the, just the moment, and I can't, I can't remember the order where they say, they say, I bet you never play with your daughter when she gets older. She'll understand why you work so hard. Dad gets all the bad rap and no praise, but it's all about sacrifice. Right. I think. Um, I've definitely had feelings of being disconnected from you and the kids and just being down a work hole. And, um, and, and we do get moments as a family, not even just as a couple of passing each other by because, you know, life responsibilities, activities, you know, work, work, homework, the kids activities. And before you know it, you're just like going, 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 and nobody's talking to each other. You're all drained everybody's drained or somebody had a crappy day, but because there's so much to do, nobody's talking about it. Um, so this, that dialogue exchange resonated with me because there's times where it's a, it's all about, and I've read about this too, just, I think men experience quite a bit of silent tears because, um, you do, I think as a society and I won't get preachy, but as a society, and it's been recorded that men have been expected to just suck it up sometimes and to not no, it'll work itself as out. Just put your head down, put your nose to the grindstone. You know, everybody else is having a hard time. Don't bring up what you're going through. Cause you're just going to make things worse. Which is, is crazy because you should just really, instead of keeping it in, you should just talk about it and communicate. <laughs> hey, there's just nights, though, where it's like, no, I don't want to talk about it at 9 p.m. I'm sorry we passed each other by today, but my tolerance for this subject is long gone. But you would sleep better. Uh. And you know it. <laughs> We're talking about other people here. Wink. <laughs> Gary, what's your favorite quote or favorite dialogue? <laughs> so my my favorite dialogue You're is... right. I just felt better talking about that right there. I've got a big smile on my face. See? <laughs> Proves that I'm right. At first, I'm reading your dialogue selection. <laughs> and the very first thing is... <laughs> hey, hey, arsehole. <laughs> Act like an arsehole when I don't talk about things. <laughs> I just like that in a Korean film, we have somebody saying... "Hey." <laughs> Hey, Arsil. I don't know. I don't know why I didn't see that on the subtitles. Oh. <coughs> hey, Arsil. Felt good to see your kid. Thanks to me. Are you grateful or what? Why is your ringtone <laughs> so taggy? What's wrong with it? And then there's an, a long pause. How do I change it? <laughs> that comedic value Oops. to the movie at that point adds a whole other element. And can I just say, we wouldn't have this movie if they didn't allow that one woman at the last second onto the train, you wouldn't have zo- a zombie outbreak on the train. You wish that she had a long, distracting, tacky ring phone that caught her attention so she didn't get on the train at time. <laughs> I mean, this would just be a train about seeing the destruction and the survival Carrie, without 
a zombie outbreak. What would be your tacky ringtone in the zombie apocalypse? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Let me think about it because... I was hoping for just like a reaction. No, because I got to think about it. It's... Mine would inevitably, I don't know why I have a thing with Yacht Rock, but I do. It would be some really cheesy late 70s, early 80s. It might have You know some... it would probably be Wishing Well for you. Because oh, I hate that song. <laughs> well, that's not a Yacht Rock, Soft Rock thing. That... No, I would save it just for the zombie apocalypse. As soon as the zombies started coming, you'd have wishing on a wishing well. I, listen, I don't kiss ha- and tell. I, it's I know not you that hate it's that not song. that I hate the song. No, it's you that hate it's, it. It's overplayed. It's overplayed. <laughs> what the hell did we get from Train to Busanda <laughs> with the wishing well song? <laughs> so, a whole episode on tacky ringtones and horror films. Actually, that might be a lot of fun, or at least as a topic within an episode. So. Um, I'm going to have to go. Oh, I know. Oh, I know what mine is going to be. I know what mine is. You go first and then I'll go. Besides the wishing well, which was a bonus selection. (laughs) What's what's yours? Cold hearted snake. Look into his eyes. Okay. Um, he's been telling lies. (laughs) He's a love boy play. Oh my Lord. Oh, now that's stuck in my head now. Um, Love you, Paul Abdul. Listen, Paul Abdul, as a young girl, it was great to see someone that has Middle Eastern descent make it big. Because you are part, you you have Middle Eastern yes. origins in your ancestry. I thought you were just like not going to, you were going to leave that part out and just say you just really loved that they were Middle Eastern. Well, no. <laughs> Which is fine. Which is fine. It's just that. Well, because you I am part Middle part Eastern. It. It, yes. As a little girl, it was a huge thing. <laughs> I'm going to say something really smart ass, but never mind. So um, here's another ringtone that I absolutely would have just to make you mad during the zombie apocalypse. Don't even do it. Don't even. There's this guy on Yacht Rock. No. There's this guy on Yacht Rock who's actually part of the Doobie Brothers. No. And his name is Michael McDonald. And it's also featured on, uh, what is it, the 40-year-old virgin? Oh, my God, no. Yamo be there. <laughs> I know you hate that song. It's, and I love it every time it comes on just to see your reaction. It's just, it's overplayed. <laughs> it's not the song. It's no, overplayed. Let's be clear. Nobody's playing that song. It's only your husband listening to Yacht Rock while I'm doing the dishes and stuff. Um, Listen, I'm not a fan of Yacht Rock. It's just... it's if They do play. They, they overplay. It's the same, it's the same, the same songs, 50 songs over and yeah. over again. <clears throat> One rotation is enough. I did like the past couple years they added Steely Dan. That was pretty good. The Steely kids Dan, love Steely Dan. Yes. Don't want to do your dirty work no more. Don't want to do these dishes anymore. Well, I listen to Yacht Rock. So, the things, That was a tangent. <laughs> the things... <laughs> Doing dishes in the zombie apocalypse. No, I would be throwing dishes. Decapitating zombies. I don't even know what a dish looks like because I'm the one doing them all the time. That is not true. Okay. We When we got married, we made a deal. You would You, would you want to go there? You want to go cook, there? And I would go. clean up the dishes. I like how you specified because we could talk about cleaning in general. <laughs> Fuck and, you. And who said 
they were going to own what and with what frequency was it going to be <laughs> so things that make train to basan stand out in the zombie subgenre i'm going to circle back just the take on selfishness cynicism in a dire situation putting yourself first or others first um what are your priorities in this situation um not only the speed and yes we've had that before in movies like dawn of the dead remake but also the way that the the zombies that the people change into zombies so fast um it seems like within 60 to 90 seconds at times especially as you said that the the girl and the boyfriend the baseball player at the end there sometimes it's even like instant there's like no fighting it it definitely was less than 60 seconds a few times. And I wonder if it has something to do with your memories. Hmm. Well, the herky-jerky movements, the contortion while they're moving fast, the seething. The one thing before, and you told me about this article that you read. Mm-hmm. Um, the the seething, foaming mouths. It makes sense now that you, since you told me about the article about the choreographer. So... Yeah. The herky-jerky, the foaming mouths, there's a reason and a thought behind all that that makes that stand out. Yeah. Um, I hope that they have a true sequel to Train to Busan because I'd really... I don't be necessarily need to see the, the woman and the daughter with the, the new kid, um, but a, a true a true sequel would be good. I, I guess right. it could have them. They would it be could. older now. Yeah. Seven so years later. You have you know the choreographer, Jean Yong, who helped create Korea's famous zombie movements. I mean, he worked on the whaling, the series kingdom and, and, and more, you know, the yeah, closet a lot more from what you told from me what about. I saw, um, you know, now he's known as the best zombie choreographer. I mean, he was first recruited to wait, work. Wait a second. You, oh, you mean the best zombie choreographer in South Korea? Yes. Because there's a few people well, <laughs> across the Pacific li- that like that. Listen, to have we're a word talking about South Korea. Yes. <laughs> no. You know what, though? I'm going to take that back. He is one of the best zombie choreographers. He's top three because yeah. this is very unique. It's the, the movements, not even the herky jerky movements, but the movements, the contortion that he created, you know, in this, nobody contorts in other zombie movies like this from from what i have seen i mean it's it's freakish yeah um and it's in every zombie in train to busan every zombie changing was choreographed it wasn't just random it was every zombie was choreographed and they had to go to this zombie choreography school yep I mean, which, from what I read, was intense. Did you talk? Did you already talk about some of the stuff he worked on? No, he he was first recruited to work on the 2016 film The Wailing, which we have not seen. But after reading about it, it really makes me want to see it. Um, alongside actors Young Minam and Park Chun Bae and Jun Kunamura. Sorry if I mispronounced all of that. Um, he was contacted by the director of Train to Busan, Yong Sung Ho, um, and you know to quote the Korean press, Jung Ong Daily, in an article by Lee Jelim. What was really distinguished zombies in Train to Busan from other films and TV shows, such as Twenty Eight Days Later, 
Dawn of the Dead, the remake, The Walking Dead, and World War Z was a movement in which the undead would constantly writhe their necks, whether they were standing still or running. Yeah. Jean said, Jan asked me to create movements that were similar to people who were infected with rabies, which makes sense. And the grotesqueness of this motion had a mind-blowing impact. Yeah, well, it, it had a mind-blowing really impact did. on me. It really did. Um, because before then, I didn't think of looking at it in a way that would make it more real for people. So, um, well, and, and that just reminds me of the one scene at the train station where they're stopped and they break free. Um, you actually see zombies acting like animals, like... Yeah, like tigers are leaping off and yeah. and there's no regard for like oh i'm gonna hurt myself nope <laughs> is that how they talked the zombies started talking with the southern accent i don't have a southern accent <laughs> but you just said like you were you were talking as if you were one of these south korean zombies and all of a sudden they get bit and start talking like a U.S. Southerner. I hurt myself. That's what you just said. I did? Yes. You just had a Southern accent as you were but, embodying Folks, the I've, South never lived in the South. I've never lived in the no, South. I've never lived in the South. There's this U.S. I, Southern. I have no clue. U.S. Southern <laughs> zombies. I have no versus clue. the South Korean zombies. That was not you intentional. Just, you just did a crossover. <laughs> the South Koreans get infected. And start talking like U.S. Southerners. <laughs> that was not they're ri- intentional. They're writhing and seething and talking like U.S. Southerners. You know, there was talk I read on Reddit. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. Um, where some people are calling for an American remake Boo. of this. I No, no, no way. I, yeah, wasn't I it say no way. Like Last Train to New York or something, something like, like that. that. Was, no. Nope, nope. Nope. Come up with your own unique thing. Yes, do something original. You will not be able to do... Just, recreate uh, yeah yeah just do your own twist on zombies yeah so um oh wait hold up yeah thanks boy okay um the male wolf has some things for us here let's uh okay um carrie can you yep hand it to mommy yep i'll take that okay it's a, a very nice package just for for a letter okay Okay, letter says, Hey there, creature and demonette. What type, what types, excuse me, of treats <laughs> does the male wolf like? <coughs> um, I'm a little north of you in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. You're way north of us. Um, where the Arctic wolf's diet consists of Arctic hares and foxes. Okay. Um, the old trappers will tell you that you can train them on good old-fashioned jerky, but I'm not going to tempt the fates with that selection. Um, so the male wolf is—we're pretty liberal with what the male wolf eats. I mean, we've got little—we've got little spicy kind of pepperoni type treats. We've got bacon. biscuits. Bacon. Oh, bacon's the number one thing. He goes crazy. Everybody goes crazy for bacon. Um, but yeah, the—I would say the bacon is the number one thing, and then normal, normal dog treats. Um, haven't caught him trying to actually eat and turn anybody and give him his lycanthrope curse. So, um, anyways, I love that question. Thank you. Um, I glanced over your season one guide. They continue on from these windswept plains and was both one part through, I guess that is in the prairie area. Yeah. 
<coughs> excuse me, and was both one part thrilled to see Train to Busan and one part disappointed not to see more South Korean horror films on the schedule. I can't disagree with you, dear listener. Uh, we realize that we've got a lot of work to do, a lot of Korean horror movies to watch. And they go on to ask, could you please reconsider, or excuse me, could you please consider either an all-Korean horror movie month, that's a good idea, mm. um, or just sprinkle in some f- um, Far Eastern films throughout season two? Well, I think we can do at least one of those approaches. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going we're gonna to integrate some other South Korean, and it's just going to be South Korean because we don't have any North Korean films <laughs> to choose from. It'll be all about their glorious leader. Yes. Uh, here's a brief list. Oh, thank you. Of ones that I and my better half enjoy. Please note, I do not recommend Peninsula as a sequel. (coughs) Excuse me. However, it does serve as an entertaining standalone within the same universe as the beloved Train to Busan. I do recommend watching the animated Soul Station as a great animated prequel. Um, And he goes on to list Thirst. And that's a vampire one, I believe. The Wailing, I Saw the Devil, The Witch 1 and 2, which I actually have noticed they've been featuring that a lot on Shudder. So uh, yeah. thank you, listener. I, I think you're, we're right on par with what's catching our eye. Uh, the Host and The Closet. I have not heard of the last two, The Host and The Closet. Neither have I. Warmest regards, Felix. P.S. I'm very excited by your taste of the UK month. I think anytime we deviate from our homeland with horror. I think it's pretty exciting. I, I always love getting perspective on horror, different subgenres across the pond or anywhere in the world. Um, and we always like getting recommendations. <coughs> yeah, absolutely. Oop, hit the mic. Felix, before I hit the mic again. Thank you, sir. Um, all the ways up in Saskatoon. Uh, we're complaining about being cold here, but I'd imagine he's probably a little colder than us up in the prairies. Um, Oh, let's and and okay, boy. Case and Carrie, I'll take you to your mom, no matter what. Greetings to you, my fellow hounds of horror. It is I, the Midnight Traveler, writing to you from out amongst the vast reaches of space and time to tell you the tale of a tense train trip that terrifies all those who take it. Tonight, we take a look to the Far East to discuss a truly epic film that took this noctambulist completely by surprise in the best way possible. Now, it isn't an exaggeration to say that one needs to wade through a lot of bad cinema in order to find something good. But when that one film does shine brightly through the mire, it consumes us. And all of the thoughts that run through our brain like trains crisscrossing the Korean countryside. This, to me, is one of those films. So, grab a seat and get comfy as we begin our journey into a world where mass transit and the living dead collide. It was some time in the waning days of the pandemic when I found myself in central Texas waiting out the madness and hoping for a vaccine in a way back home. Many friends and family members had to cling to whatever they could to make their way through this new and downright frightening world. 
I know I, for one, found myself shying away from horror as my day-to-day seemed to be more than enough for me to handle. I did throw myself into as much cinema and television as I could. There were no more concerts or gigs to play or people I could see, so I did what I could. And staying in front of my screen was just about all I could do to keep my spirits up and myself sane. I can recall I was looking around and came across this with my fiancé one Sunday afternoon. And feeling adventurous, we chose this thinking it might be a decent enough film. Like myself, she was wary of new horror for many of the same reasons as I was and am. But we both felt that it was worth the risk. After all, we could just turn it off, right? That never happened. I don't want to oversell this to you, my dear listeners, but I can say without any reservation or hesitation whatsoever that I was completely blown away by this film and still am as I reflect back on it. Are there tropes in here that have been done to death? Yes. Are there twists to the story that you see coming from miles away? You bet. Is it all woven together with such care and precision that it doesn't really matter? 100%. You have the asshole villain, the star-crossed lovers, the redemptive main character, and the harbinger of doom. And even with having to read subtitles, you are still pulled right into the action from the word go. But Jake, you ask, I've heard all of this before. You like this sort of stuff, and what really makes this stand out? Why, sh- why should I care? Well, my last point is probably my most salient, and arguably the strongest one I could ever make, because this horror film and this horror film alone did something to me that no ever has done to date. Per my IMDb watch list... I have seen over 1,000 horror films to date. Some good, some great, some so terrible I hate myself for having seen them. But there has been only one that had such an emotional impact on me that it brought me to tears. This was that film. On that lazy Sunday afternoon, I found myself tearing up as the third act drew to a close and the survivors were within a stone's throw of the end of their 200-mile journey. The emotional ups and downs, along with the kinetic violence and savagery, crescendoed to a point where tears flowed, while moments earlier I cheered as the villains got their just desserts. But I was now overtaken by emotions and had to let it out. I don't really think that there is too much more I can talk about on this. You know by now that I have a high fondness for zombie films, as any Pittsburgh native should. But I can honestly say that this one truly stands out from the rest in its own special way and is very much worth your time and consideration. As for me, I'd better head out. Just take it from me here. Take this train, but remember what a man with a dick on his nose once said. Never trust a banker. See you next midnight. Jake.
Um, oh yeah. So we, we had reached out to Joe, Bob and Darcy and said, happy St. Patrick's day, <laughs> Joe, Bob and Darcy. Um, we were telling them we had all these plans to go grab a few beers with a better half last night, but then we put on your episode covering train to Busan, got emotional, ordered pizza and stayed at home in sweatpants the entire evening. Um, yeah, we, we did stay in, we decided to, we were going to, to going to go out. Um, but, uh, yeah, we just, we were going to drag the kids out and we're like, no, nah, let's wait till the grandparents are in. And, and, uh, Darcy actually replied to us. Um, and she said, Oh, LOL. Oh no. That movie, meaning Train to Busan, will definitely do that to you with a black heart yeah. uh, emoji. So um, I love Joe, Bob, and Darcy. And, uh, of course, was totally geeking out to get a response from them. So um, moving on to reaction and rating for Train to Busan, we are going with our flamethrower rating system, as always. Um, I am going to go... This has got to be probably. This is gonna probably gonna end up being one of seasons one's top ranked movies. I'm gonna go with four and a half out of five. Um, it's just that great of a movie. Not even just the zombie subgenre movie. It's, it's just a great movie. And I, I'm gonna go with four out of five, only because I don't, I don't like getting that upset at the end of a movie that it lingers with you yeah so our overall dime for midnight score is 4.25 out of five flamethrowers you all know probably know you've probably watched it at least once if not more train to basan is a must see um but note that the movie gets more and more emotional as it goes on this is not simply like a rip roaring one-liner gory zombie film um the impact um while the the effects are great, the impact's not going to come from the effects. You're not going to walk out of this talking about the goofiness of the characters it, and the it, gory kills. It's going to be the character development. Yep. Um, if the Academy would start creating awards by subgenre, this could could have easily been nominated. It's if, that's good. The actress that plays Suan, um, I think regardless of it being horror, she deserved an Oscar nard, nard an Oscar nod. It's that heartbreakingly convincing. I mean, yeah. Um, why, why don't we get more horror films in general? Joe Dante's practical effects, um, or yeah, yeah, special effects for American Werewolf in London. That's the one that comes right off the top of my head. And that's forty plus years ago now. It's yeah. it's. Listen, we don't need the Academy to enjoy horror films, no. but it would help if they could get the recognition out to broader audiences. I think there's a lot of people out there that would can reconsider horror if they at least get the the idea to say, oh, who was that that was nominated? Well, I'll have to go check that out. Yeah. But anyways, um, Carrie, we noticed some sentiment online about not want, wanting to watch movies with subtitles. Yeah. Um, I do get that way with some movies. Like, I don't know if it's the way the subtitle is presented or if it's just I have to be in the mood. Um, but I will say as somebody who is picky about subtitles, um, if there was ever a movie to reconsider this notion, it's Train to Busan. I, it is one of the movies where <coughs> I forgot that I was reading subtitles. I was yeah. so into the emotion of this that the subtitles did not bother me i will tell you what does bother me personally i've tried to get into some really artsy french films hmm. 
and maybe it's the subject matter versus the actual subtitles. But anyways, if you're a huge zombie fan and you've avoided this because of the subtitle hang up, I listen, I get it, but try to get past that because if you're not watching something because of that, you at least have to watch it once, and especially Train to Busan because you're missing out if you stop yourself from watching this I, over I subtitles. Don't, I don't mind subtitles. I think I'm to me, I'm not the picky woman when it comes to watching a movie with subtitles or a show with subtitles. It probably has I don't to, mind it. Yeah, it probably has to do with my energy level sometimes. I'm, it's like it does to get me hooked. If I'm tired, it does require extra work, um, and the subtitles might dissuade you. Well, listen, um, it's intermission time, folks. Uh, we want to thank Carl Casey at Whitebad Audio um, for our next intro track, which was called Dead by Dawn. Um, please help Dying for Midnight Grow. Um, we, we'd love it. Um, it would really help out. Um, you can take our RSS feed to any of your favorite podcast platforms. Um, for our fully extended episodes, check us out on Patreon, Spotify for podcasters, and Apple. Please leave us a review if you can, and we'd appreciate your support for as little as a dollar or a cup of coffee. You can become a Dying for Midnight supporter. Also, check out our Tee Public storefront, too, via dyingformidnight.com. That's all, folks. We love you lots. Don't let the subtitles get to you. Watch that awesome foreign film. Um, up next, we are going to talk about, in segment two, horror, etc., for those listening to the fully extended episodes, <coughs> what makes horror movies on a train work, train movie rankings, the zombie subgenre, and where zombies stand in horror today. Science creates a man beyond bionics, powers him with nuclear energy, equips him with thunderbolt fists, and sends him on a mind-bending adventure in a motion picture that will stagger your imagination. Inflaman! So spectacular, you won't believe your eyes. Inframan, rated PG.